You're listening to a sermon from crckulaman.org. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 1, the Gospel of John. And start with verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Now, there are some things in life that just make me go, wow. And if you think about these scriptures long enough, these are one of those things that should make you go, wow. And the obvious reference in these verses is Jesus is God. He was there in the beginning when all things were made. But look, get this here, in the beginning, okay, here's God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Ghost. This means that he existed before the human realm of time, space, and matter existed. And with my human thinking, our human thinking, this doesn't quite make sense. It's why so many atheists struggle with this, because with human thinking, we're matter, we need a space to fit into, and we can pinpoint when our times begin and when they end. And if it's not part of that continuum, if it's not matter that we can place, if it's not something we can put a time stamp or a time frame on, if you have time that, and, and space that you can utilize it, but no matter, well, what, what, what do you put into it? If you have time and matter but no space, well, where do you put it? If you have matter and space but no time, well, when was it put there? And see, that's why God made sure that all three of those elements were brought into existence together. And it says right here in my Bible, if we want to go there, hold your finger in John chapter 1, because we're going to be going back and forth from here in Genesis chapter 1. But in verse 1, in the beginning, there's time. God created the heaven. There's space and the earth. There's matter. At the word of God, it came into being. Back in verse 3 of John chapter 1, all things were made by him. All things were made by the word of God, and without him there was not anything made. So here we have the creator of time, space, and matter. This is Jesus, the word. He's outside of that realm now. You're getting me? This is the human realm. Unlike us, he's not restricted by it. He's not dictated to it. If he was dictated to it, then he, he couldn't be God. All right? And that's biblical. Psalm 90 verse 2, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Not affected by time. Psalm 104 verse 2, God stretches out the heavens as though they were curtains. And in Isaiah 44, 24, thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, he who formed you from the womb. I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone, who spreads abroad the earth by myself. He makes all matter, and if he runs out of room, he can create more space by stretching out the heavens by himself. And he's the God from everlasting to everlasting. I don't know about you, that makes me think, wow. So going back to Genesis chapter 1 for a minute. Here's God. He's made time. He's made space. Now he's creating all of these things of matter to go into that space. And I mean, go through, you know, verse 4, all all the way through. I don't don't want to read all this because we won't have time. But I think 
Remember the old hymn, How Great Thou Art? That comes to mind. I think the writer was onto something. And there's this one line in that hymn, I see the stars. And I don't know about you, but I love looking at the night sky. Whenever I get the opportunity, you know, when you've got a clear night, it's just incredible out there without any light pollution out here in the country. You know, you see the moon, sometimes the planets come into view with the naked eye or sometimes with a telescope or binoculars, shooting stars, constellations, the Milky Way, millions and billions of stars, and we're not even seeing half of what's up there. And it says right here in my Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 16, God made that too. You're getting this. I don't want to rave on and on and on, but I need you to understand how awesome your God is. You with me? So then we come down to chapter 1 of Genesis, all the way down to verse 26, and God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And I want to put to you that when God created man in his image, it was also in the image of Christ. John chapter 10 verse 30 said, Jesus said that he and his father are one. In John 14, 9, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. And in Colossians 1 verse 15, it says that he is the image of the invisible God. So if we were created in God's image, then originally we were created in the image of Christ. And it was out of all creation, mankind was who God chose to be made in his image. But what is God's image? Because it's not saying that God looks like me. If it is, then we might be in a bit of trouble. But maybe if we look at some of God's attributes, I think that makes a bit more sense. What about you? You don't have to turn there, I'll just go through a few scriptures here. I like to back my things up biblically. 1 Timothy 1.17, God is eternal and immortal. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being, a living soul, made to live and to have life forever with him. Go back with me now just to John chapter 1 again. This is fun, making you go back and forth front like this. Verse 4, in him was life. Now, just one thing here. I don't know how many of you know this. There was a, a study that was brought to me some years ago, I was told about. When conception takes place in the mother's womb, there's this little flash of light that goes off for a long time. They couldn't explain it. This is somewhere about 12 years ago I heard about this. Well, now they know where it came, where, what, what's happening. And atheists will tell you it's just a mixture of chemical compounds. There's nothing supernatural about it. Okay? Well, they're right in the sense that there are chemicals mixing to create the, the flash of light. I think it's um, phosphorus is one of the chemicals. I think of the, the glow sticks, you know, when you break them and they start to glow. And it's something like that that happens when conception takes place. But, hey, Mr. Smarty Pants Atheist, where do you think those chemicals came from? And who told those chemicals to mix to create that spark of light to begin with? Because, again, it says in my Bible here, uh, hold your finger on John chapter 1 there, just I'll quote these. First John chapter 1 verse 5, it says that God is light. 
In James 1 verse 17, God is the Father of lights. And coincidentally, where were we? Verse 4, John chapter 1. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Just coincidentally again. And then God's first words that are recorded in Genesis 1 verse 3. Let there be light. Again, just coincidentally. But I believe that. What about you? God gave us light as a sign of life. I mean, what's, what's a sign of life in the night? The light's on. So what else of God's image was given to mankind? Back in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. Man was given authority and dominion over creation, over the, 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 the birds and the fish and living things that move on the earth. 1 John 4, 8, God is love. We were created in the image of God's love. To love, to have relationship with him and to be loved by him. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 7, man is the image of God's glory. Mankind was created to live, have eternal life, to love, be loved, and to carry the glory of God's image. This was man's destiny. And so then they were given a choice. You can choose life or death. They had one rule to follow. Don't eat the fruit. And we know what happened after that. They chose death. They disobeyed God's instruction. They sinned. And when they did that, their image changed. It wasn't of God's glory anymore. They took on the image of God's enemy. Romans 5.10. They just destined everyone born on this earth for death. It's Romans 5.12. And they took away everyone's choice as to whether or not they could sin. And now everyone born into this world is born in sin and with sin. And notice something else here. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 where God's given man authority and dominion over the animals... But then you go over to Genesis chapter 9, verse 2, and you look at the message that God now gives to Moa, uh, Moa, Noah when he comes out of the ark. And he says, The fear of you and the dread of you will be upon every beast of the earth and on every fowl of the air and everything that moves on the earth. Basically, it goes from have dominion over them to now rule them through fear. A bit different from God's original design. And as we know, in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. They fell short of that glory. And so now in losing that image of God, in the natural, we just became matter, confined to an allocated space on this earth with a time limit on how long we're going to be here. From the moment of conception, we are basically just matter, complex, but matter nonetheless, that has a time expectancy set on us as to when we'll exit our mother's womb, and we're confined to the space of our mother's womb for that time of pregnancy. And that cycle just continues as we grow and develop. You know, the space might get a little, little bit bigger. It doesn't change the fact that we're still in this space on earth and we've got a time limit here on earth. So God saw that this was going to be the future for mankind, I reckon. You know, after Adam and Eve just sinned. And because of what he did, he must have thought this is just not going to work got to do something about this. 
So right away, God made a plan to transform mankind back into the image of his glory. You know what that is? Christmas! Woo! And so now comes the expectancy for his arrival. We look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. This is what started it off. We get a glance of God's plan. God said to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman, the serpent and, the, and Eve, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Another way of putting it, God said to them, Christmas is coming. Good news for mankind, not so good news for the devil. And if we look at Scripture, you know, we're told multiple times where, you know, that the messengers of God have been saying, Christmas is coming. I mean, look, look, just a few, can't go through all of them. But in Genesis 12, verse 3, God said to Abraham, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That's talking of Jesus. Christmas is coming. When Jacob spoke over, uh, or Israel spoke over Judah when he was blessing his sons in Genesis chapter 49, verse 10, he said, The scepter will not depart from Judah. That's why Jesus is called the Lion of the tribe of Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he, who it belongs to, shall come and the obedience of the nations shall be his. That's Jesus. Christmas is coming. Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 7 verse 14. The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call his name Emmanuel. Christmas is coming. The prophet Micah in chapter 5 verse 2 said, But you Bethlehem, Ephratah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be a ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. There's more, but I think you can see over and over again, God trying to tell his people, Christmas is coming. And when it finally gets here, I mean, there's more to it than just Jesus being born. I mean, get this, okay? Isn't God just awesome, okay? Here's the God of heaven, the one who made all things that we're just reading about here in John chapter 1. The one who created time, space, and matter, the realm of mankind, but he's not limited by it. He's outside of it. But your amazing God now injects himself into that realm and willingly subjects himself to it. Think about this. From the moment of Jesus' conception... He was subjected to time, space, and matter. He became matter. John chapter 1, verse 14. The Word was made, what? Flesh. He was confined to the space of his mother's womb until it was time for him to be born. And we, you, know, you know the Christmas story. You know, famously read out of Luke chapter 2. We don't have time for that today. But born in a stable. Now inside the time, space, and matter continuum. And he had to grow and develop into a man on earth for over some 30 human years. Now a part of human history. And he had to experience what man experiences. In John, sorry, Matthew 4 verse 2, Jesus got hungry. 
when he was on the cross, he said, I'm thirsty. He was aware of time on earth because multiple times you see in the scriptures where Jesus mentions that his hour hadn't come yet. And through the life of Jesus, we're given an example of how we're supposed to live our lives on this earth as the ones that were created in God's image. To do things that stretch beyond the realm of time, space and matter. Look at the miracles, the healings, the restoration, the resurrection life, the authority that he carried. And Jesus said in Matthew 16 verse 19, let me repeat that. Matthew 16 verse 19, I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. 1 Peter 2.21, Jesus left an uh, us an example to, uh, to, to follow in his steps. Is this good? So now get this. Remember we said Romans 5.12, uh, if you can read that uh, yourself, but trust me on this. I'm telling you the truth. Death entered the world by sin, and so death passed on to all men. That's what it says in Romans 5.12. So Jesus was born into this world as a man. So as a man, under, according to Romans 5.12, it means that death passed on to him. Death now became part of his destiny. He was now able to be mortally wounded. God, for the first time, could now physically die. But you know, his fulfillment of his destiny altered ours. Christmas brought us Calvary, which then brings us to communion. If we could have the emblems passed out, please. We all know what John 3.16 says, right? Who wants to say it with me? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God sent his son into the world to raise up many sons. Amen. He put one Christ into the earth so that many could be raised up to be Christ-like. And so Jesus went to the cross, not to expose our sin, but to remove it, to take the lie of the devourer off our lives so that the truth can get back on us. You know what that truth is? That life was part of our original destiny. 1 Corinthians 15, 22, in Christ all shall be made alive. That we were made in and for his image. We see that in Genesis 1.26. And that we were made to carry his glory. Jesus prayed in John 17 that the glory that the Father had given him, he gives to us, to those who receive him. Colossians chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, paraphrase. The mystery of the riches of glory has been revealed to us. His saints, Christ in us, 
the hope of glory. And in 2 Corinthians 3.18 it says, But we with all unveiled face, beholding him as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, were being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just by the Spirit of the Lord. I love that picture that that verse gives of looking into a mirror. Here's you looking into a mirror and the, uh, the image that you're seeing in the mirror is not you. But the more you look at that image, the, the, the image that's in the mirror then changes you so that you become the image that you're seeing. And that's God's will for us today. But this was only made possible through Christmas, Jesus coming and subjecting himself to our world and being obedient to the Father and going to the cross. And so now that's something to celebrate today, don't you think? And that's all I had. But that just makes me want to say, wow. You're awesome, God. To think that you cared about me enough that you would come and you'd be like me. And that you'd show me the way where I can have a better life than this. It's not just here. I'm not just stuck here on this earth. You know, I don't have a time limit anymore. Yes, my physical body has a time limit, but my spirit doesn't have a time limit anymore. I'm going to go to be with him one day. Amen? So as you take communion, you thank him in your own way. I don't want to go on any further. There's a lot we've got to get through. But just thank him and tell him he's good. And say Merry Christmas to someone next to you. And to everyone now. Come on, shout it out. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs>